This week I wanted us to take a trip down memory lane. <laughs> because I think in aid of my impending death. Um, By which age, Freuda means t- turning 30 <laughs> in a few days. I just thought it might be quite... Um, yeah, it might be quite nice for us to look back at sort of times of old. But before we do that, a bit of housekeeping first and foremost. Okay. We were very, very bad hosts last time and we did not thank Danny for their involvement <laughs> We didn't. Or it might have been that we did thank Danny, but it was amassed in lots of very ho- horny nonsense <laughs> that I cut out of the podcast for A, time, and B... It was just audio poison that no one would want to listen to. But we were having a very lovely time. We had a great time. And that I'm, I've had so much feedback about Danny. They are an absolute character. I'm so ready to hear their next tranche of stories. And I promise I will be less judgmental next time. <laughs> will you, though? I'm not saying it will poor, be a lot poor less. Danny. I'm not saying it will be a lot less. But it will be less. Of course. And of so, course. the so next very... time they wish to grace us with their presence, I will ensure that I'm at least on mute. Um, and then... <laughs> <laughs> um, but otherwise, yes, I am turning 30 this week. Um, yeah, by the time this comes out, you will be 30. <laughs> I will always remember this recording. I'll keep it dear. <laughs> It was the last echoes, the swan song of my 29th year. I'm Um, so not prepared for it. I mean, I don't do birthdays very well anyway. I think I remember spending, I was at work on my 26th birthday. It might have been my 27th. I can't remember which one it was. But I remember literally getting home and just going straight to bed and staying there. I do not do birthdays well. And it's just because I I want it to be over. I think I don't do fuss very well, but... On the bigger side of it, I really don't do ageing particularly well. I'm very aware of my oldness. And this week, it's been it's been particularly bad. I mean... Is it, may I ask, is it like a, a, a vanity thing? Not that you're vain, but like a, oh no, I'm waning type thing. Or is it, I haven't done things I wanted to do by the time I was 30 kind of thing? It's just both like you make a very very good point i'm not i'm not particularly vain unless it's about my hair that i will hands up say i'm consciously vain about anything to do with my hair the rest of me i've always been a sort of grow old gracefully but i also thought that when i'd grow old i might have somebody locked in by then you know no backsies no taking it back and i think you need to remember is that the males are also growing old but the males Um get nicer like a fucking vintage wine while not my all of face them is going to shrivel i mean again i honestly am not that bothered about looking older i think it's more a case of this year just feels completely bigger than it should be because i truly feel and and Chardin, you must have felt some of this that i just wasted the last year of my 20s sat in my front room well, yeah, there was an element of that when when I turned thirty. Uh, I I am also I'm already a uh, thirtenarian. Is there a word for it? Tertiarian. Tertiarian. Yeah. Uh, 
I have a, a whopping sort of five months on Freud. So you really I'm, do actually. I'm it's already I'm already sage and um, <laughs> wizened and wizened through my years <laughs> in the thirty club. I think it's it's not necessarily that I haven't done everything I thought I would do, but I feel like you lose some of the not shine, but the blatant hopefulness. Of yes, like it's the reality of I'm never going to sit there and I'm not saying I can't do it, but I also know my brain <laughs> The when you're young, like say, for instance, when you first go to university, you really feel like the world is your oyster. Like you buy into that. You believe that you can do whatever you want to do. You can, as we were discussing earlier, piss in a bush if you want to. <laughs> that can happen. That can be your reality. You can do Dream that big. Every night of the week if you want to. Or you can solve world hunger or, you know, whatever, because the the floodgates are opening and you just get to run the run of your life and whatever else. But now it feels a bit like, so this is it. Yeah, there's a lot of things <laughs> things you do when you're young that you won't do when you're older. Like um, I know, well, but there are some things like I was didn't have any money when I was younger, so things like going to festivals, going on holiday, or whatever, I'm in a much better position to do now. Mm -hmm. But there are things, little examples, like uh, uh, we were discussing this uh, before recording. Um, you know, age thirty, I'll I'll never play spin the bottle again. (laughs) One would assume. Yeah. Um, you know, I enjoyed a good old game of. Yeah. face mashing when I was young and that's never going to happen and it's like not no because even e- even though I mourn it if, some, if I was at a party and someone suggested it I'd go oh god I know I know and I think that's <laughs> I'm really feeling that and it's like little shifts as well in attitude but what you have to remember is that uh, we're millennials which means we get to be teenagers for much longer yeah that's very true because we can't buy houses or exactly. you know, have a good credit rating but it's alright because we fucked it up buying all the avocados oh. actually saying that I do have three avocados currently in my um, fruit bowl right now so um, um, sorry, Balling. did you keep your avocados in a fruit bowl? They were ripe. They were they were ripen at home. I just keep mine in the fridge. Yeah, if they were ripe and ready, I'd keep them in the fridge. But these were ripen at home. I only bought them yesterday, so I need them to be in sort of room temperature so that they can ripen up a little bit. And then once they're ready to go, they'll go in the fridge to stop the process, so I can eat them over an extended period of time. Do you know what? Don't judge me. I'm not I'm not judging you too, I'm just thinking that this is audio poison. <laughs> Shall we do Stop. the intro? Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if we were just chatting, I'd be like, yeah, but no one wants to know about room temperature avocados. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to talk about the fact that I still can't eat a grape hole? Because I'm petrified that I'll choke on it and die and not be found for days. Is that is that better? <laughs> I still have to cut the grapes up? I won't eat more teasers if I'm on my own or any How am I supposed to keep that little nugget in the episode if I cut all the boring avocado shit, though? You can't eat a great pole. No, I won't. I will. I will. If I don't chop it, I will nibble at it because... And apparently this is a very real fear for other people that live alone. It's that they will in some way hurt themselves. They'll either choke or, God forbid, like 
fall out of the shower or something and crack your head on your tile floor and die. I mean, it's worse if you come out of the shower because you're naked as well. But you'll die and then you'll not be found for days because you live alone. Okay, Uh, these are all legit concerns. But there are other things that are the same size as grapes. What about, like, sweets? I don't really eat sweets. Oh, fucking naughty dog, I don't eat sweets. Okay, so anything that looks like a potential choking hazard will either be like a cherry tomato. They'll be chopped. Freuda, not... I think we can all agree that you're very partial to a certain kind of choking hazard <laughs> and that you do take part in those. I suppose you're not alone in the house, though, when you do that, so... <laughs> Sheldon! Jokes! Oh, she's gone. She's gone yeah. red. She's gone. I'm really hot. I'm really sweaty now. Oh, you're having a hot flush. I am. It's the oh, 30. It's, it's the 30. It's, it's happening. It's happening. Right. <laughs> Werewolfing into oh, an old woman God. before my eyes. Anyway. <laughs> Welcome to Misery Loves Company. Okay. Yeah, sorry, it's me. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, it's not. Oh, sorry, I'm looking at the outro. It is you. I'm Freud, you're Chardon. Do you I want me know. to go again? Yes, please. Welcome to Misery Loves Company. The podcast dedicated to those moments in life so tragic, so pathetic, so frustrating that the only solace is that they make a good story. We are your hosts, Chardon. And Freuda. We are embarrassing ourselves today in a way that we've not embarrassed ourselves before. So the uh, our, our vague uh, theme for this week is uh, childhood, uh, not teenagehood. Tween. Because that it, not, yeah. Up to tween aging. Up to tween. Um, because teenage embarrassments, there are plenty of as well, and we'll have to form a, a whole separate uh, filing cabinet for those, I believe. But we're looking back on little Chardon and little Freuda and how fucking batshit crazy they were. <laughs> yes. And I would like to start this this segment off with asking you one question, Chardon. Yes, Freuda? What do you have to say for yourself? For context, I was helping my mother move out of the flat she was living in that we'd uh, she'd lived in for over 20 years. So mm. I'd lived there, obviously, as a kid as well. And in the process of sorting out all my childhood crap, uh, Freuda was there with me and we came across. Um, well, I think um, I think I should let you describe it, actually, Freuda. I think a treasure trove of pure batshit craziness is really what I'm looking at. So I do have the item in question yes, in front uh, of me. Freuda seized <clears throat> it and kept it at their home, which is 100 yes. miles away from mine, for this exact purpose so that I could have the shit ripped out of me. Yes, uh, that is there. exactly what I said as well. I didn't even sort of say I want it for content. I did say specifically I want to rip the shit out of you for public. Let me have it, actually, because yeah. this is a very cringy artefact. So... What I have in front of me, close your eyes, picture it, dear listener. We will have to put a picture, I think. Yes, a picture, at least of the front cover, will have to go on. (laughs) It is an A4 scrapbook. And I say scrapbook because it has been helpfully titled scrapbook. Now, around the scrapbook is 
pictures and paraphernalia of all things Harry Potter. And I'm not going to say that you were not an artistic child, but I'm also <laughs> not going to say that you were the most artistic child. Not My God, all. did you hear that? No. Like the biggest bell of thunder. I'm so sorry. Oh my god, is this is has JK Rowling found Yes! Me? Oh my god! <laughs> Fuck it's he it must not be named! That was the biggest peal of thunder I think I've heard in a very long time. JK sorry. Rowling has discovered that someone else has made a Harry Potter book of <laughs> of whatever quality, but it's enough to get her lightning lawyers onto you. Yeah, fucking hell. They're coming for me. Da, 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 da. So I think as well. This would have been, you'd have been, what, say, 10 years old? So we're talking 2001, 2002? We're talking, uh, yeah, from the point where they started talking about turning Harry Potter into a film. Uh So, yeah, probably I was 9 or 10 when I first started. So, yeah, about 2000. Okay, so early, early, early 2000s. (laughs) And what Chardon did was she poured all of her love and all of her joy into commemorating all things Harry Potter in this time. Now, I think important fact before we delve into the content here is that you broke the news to me that this, in fact, was not an only child, is it? No, well, I was a I, I was a scrapbook keeper and not in the normal way where you like have pictures and put mm. cute things around them, but I would keep everything, like movie tickets, uh-huh. programmes from shows, whatever. So I had existing scrapbooks that I used for such things. Which isn't so unusual, but no. I did. Deci- I did decide that my Harry Potter things, Harry Potter related content, needed its own book. Yes, and you did give it its own book, and you did so with zeal. So I'd like to take us just all to a couple of my favourites. Now I haven't looked at this since I pilfered it from your home, which would have been about two months ago. Yeah, roughly. And I'm going to tell you my favourite bit. My absolute mm-hmm. favourite bit is page one. There's a contents page. <laughs> <laughs> the, well, the, the scrapbook came with a contents page. Yes, so obviously I filled it out. But I needed to get to every my... fucking page <laughs> so that when you were perusing at your leisure of a book that you made, you could jump to whatever section you wanted to. Now, most people when scrapbooking will use, you know, different... Different things of, you know, they'll draw their own pictures or, you know, there will be newspaper articles or, you know. What we have from Chardon here is we do have the the newspaper articles. Um, We also have entire sections of magazines. um, (laughs) Like a whole magazine. (laughs) Multiple pages. We also have, for some reason... The insert or an advertisement for Harry Potter Lego, which is multiple pages. It was Harry Potter related, which meant it needed yeah. to be no, stuck no, no. in the book. But it wasn't instructions on how to build the Lego. It was an advertisement for yeah. the Lego. We have multiple pages from a newspaper. And what is so, so creative about it is when... Because obviously the newspaper has to be folded so it can be affixed to the sheet... So it can go on the correctly paged number, uh, correctly numbered page. So what you've done here, which I think is just really, it's Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen ship. I think what really is, you've captivated the essence of it here because you've folded over a newspaper, multiple pages of a newspaper. Yeah, it's an insert. It's a, it's a middle page. Um, 
But just so that it still is on theme, the page which looks like it was the TV listings for the week, um, you've put three indiscriminate images onto that page. So we've got a McGonagall, we've got a Harry, we've got a, an Olivia. Uh, uh, my God, what was the Olivanders? Olivier. <laughs> Lawrence Olivier. Well, Lawrence Olivier uh, and Olivander, just to really make it pop here. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to say that the level of effort that's... I mean, you've got you've got the insert from the PlayStation game. <laughs> so this is around the time of the first movie being released and it was everywhere. And I just clipped out any media thing that had roughly anything yeah. to do with Harry Including, Potter. Including, and this is one of my favourites, dear listener, this will definitely be going on the Instagram for you to peruse. Um, you know when you buy stickers? <laughs> they tend to come on like a thematic base. You know, you'd have just something that the stickers are attached to, usually in a little packet that you take off and then you throw the base away. Oh, no, no! Not Chardon. The empty base of the Harry Potter stickers are right next to the insert from the Harry Potter PS1 game. Yeah. I bet that I bet that page is entitled something like merchandise in Hold the contents on. page. Let me just look at the contents. <laughs> it's page 10 for anybody okay. that needs to oh, know. I can't wait. Can't wait. Card from Johan, PlayStation cover and labels. 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 Well, the no, best thing about where to find my labels. We can see the progress of the scrapbook because card from Johan is in one pen, PlayStation cover is in another pen, and labels. The and labels is in a third pen. Take me through your thought process there, Sheldon. Well, it, it was just a, an ongoing developing project that had many stages. Um, you know, it took us right the way through R&D um, to workshopping and then finally um, at a point where it's uh, cultivated for a public audience. What I should mention uh-huh. that I don't know if you know yeah. is that this was, in fact, a multimedia project. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I had a videotape, a recordable videotape, upon which I recorded anything vaguely related to Harry Potter that was on the TV, which was largely news reports about... (laughs) News reports about uh, the box office takings and anticipation about the film. Lots of clips from Newsround. I don't know if anyone remembers that Newsround was always Harry Potter crazy and they interviewed the actors on there casting calls there was a documentary about jk rowling uh blue peter fucking things where they teach you how to make a hogwarts out of loo roll and shit you didn't i did i i promise i found it in fact i might still have it what i don't have is a vcr anymore we have to we have to do like a watch party (laughs) My God. I will have a look in the hordes of stuff that I recovered from my mum's house and see if I still have it. Do you have a VCR? No, I don't, but we could probably take it somewhere like Snappy Snaps and get it put onto a DVD. I'm not paying to have I will pay. (laughs) Oh my God, it's shit. Anything that's on it is probably freely available on YouTube. But what you've got to remember is this was before I had no internet access, no YouTube. No, I'm not, babes. There's judgment, but not that much judgment. (laughs) Okay. Okay. 
Oh, look! You gave you did a little drawing of Trevor the Toad! Oh, my God. Okay, so we do... Okay, that's super cute. You also kept the flyer for the uh, Harry Potter and the Order of Phoenix book opening. Yeah, what um, I should mention is that, I mean, I went to midnight releases for the final three books. Yeah. Um, and you definitely come with me for a I did the last two. The last two. Yeah, okay. I did the last two. So when we were me. older, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, when we say older, we'd have been no older than 16, and neither of us was getting laid. That's totally fair. So, <laughs> I'm going to take you now to my favourite page. Come with me and you'll be in Which... a world of pure humiliation. <laughs> Where I think... There are, oh my god, there is so much. So, it's page 24, if anybody needs a reference. Oh, if, it, uh, if you can all look in your books at home. Yeah, if uh, you can turn to page 24, if you'll look at the contents, um, it will tell you that page 24 includes Metro Life magazine. <laughs> and on the page for Metro Life magazine, in which you've included multiple pages from said magazine, I think we're seeing the birth of the hashtag. What? From from in the article, or did I invent the from Chardon's very own brain? Oh my god! So I must tell. preface this by saying that there is actually no hashtag present. However, okay. what you have done to conclude your scrapbook, because this is the second to last page, what you have done to conclude your scrapbook is you have, in in all one all one word, asked the very poignant question: What is to come? All one what word, is to come? and then below that. What is going to happen? All one word. Hashtag what is to come. Hashtag what is going to happen. And then on the very, very final page, well, the final page of content, the back page is, my God, ridiculous. But then what you have done for those multiple people that are reading is you've written by. (laughs) But you've written (laughs) B-B-Y-Y-E-E. B-B-Y-Y-E-E. So, bye <laughs> And then underneath that, you've added other Harry clips and spotlights in other scrapbooks. <laughs> to keep well, the reader wanting more. It's, I imagine if there was overflow, I'd put them in the other scrapbooks, which I do have in my garage right now. Oh God, so maybe... just... So, I think... That what we've learned from this is that creativity in children is phenomenal. It's a treasure trove. But what makes it all the better is when this you hoard even... it for 20 years for it to then be found at a later date. And I will tell you, I'm. this is all going on Instagram. I'm going to take pictures Good. of all of this. Because what is, I mean, this all sounds very cringy, I'm sure, but the most horrific parts are, I've done like, I obviously was having a thing about sequins and I've tried to incorporate them in yes. as many ways as possible with little yes. illustrations on the cover. <laughs> so there's like a, a horrid, from memory, like a horrid snake with like sequin eyes yeah and i've tried to That's write out the words as well yeah of the course snake is smiling. it's a happy snake and, um, um, and you also did some snake eyes with a you yeah. know who underneath it Ooh. um you've drawn a great uh wand here which is ejaculating 
There's and a yes, fat lady in a portrait, I feel. What I will make sure that there are close-up evidential pictures of is your spelling of the names. Please take us yeah. through your process. My pro- Well, I tried to use sequins to spell out words such as Ron and Hermione. Ron mm-hmm. is, if I remember correctly, fairly clear. Very Hermione, legible. Hermione looks like... Um, like a drunk spider has just stumbled over the page like mm. because it's got so many letters and I'm pretty sure I spelt it wrong and then had to cram some more letters mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. yeah what you've written is mm, one mm, one that's how it that's how it reads is mm, one listen no one knew how to pronounce Hermione when they first started reading <laughs> Harry Potter and if you say you do you're a liar <laughs> I said Hermione <laughs> used to pronounce it Hermanine, and I remember someone else telling me it was like Hermie 1. Well, what you've given us all with this scrapbook is an insight into your mind, but also I think you've created a safe space for everybody okay. to remember their cringy shit and go, it's not as bad as that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, bitch. You're I, so uh, welcome. Because this is my favourite thing and I'm really not ready to part with it anytime no, soon. No, well, you can keep it. That's fine. I don't need to remember it. Oh, I will return it at some point. I'm just because not ready right now. I am a keeper of lots of things. And yeah. I, I think, I mean, if you try and rationalise that kind of thinking, I'd be keeping it to show future people. Yes. Like, either I'll want to look back on it when I'm old or I'll have a child who might be interested. Yeah. Um... Uh, neither of those apply to that Harry Potter fucking monstrosity. No, I feel like um, you should keep it. This could be worth something one day. Definitely. Maybe that's what I was thinking. Maybe that's what you were, because you were keeping all of this It's like I was writing a dissertation. Yeah. I was writing this a is your evidence for your dissertation. Yeah, it's like I'm putting together a black piece. Now the contents page makes sense. Yes, exactly. I was just keeping good references, which is yeah. any academic could tell you is a very good skill. I love but this it. is what's funny about it is that you say all the creativity of children. This isn't creativity. This is admin. <laughs> this is me showing my penchant for admin at an extremely unhealthy age. But I think what's so great about this is at the time, and now I don't know if you'd have shown me this at the time, but I know at the time I'd have thought that this was really, really cool. Yeah, you totally would have. So it was more a case of like looking back at it, it becomes cringe. My cringe experiences as a tween were always in a fucking spotlight. Okay. Now there are like two outstanding instances of this. And Charlene, you've been around enough Sunday dinners that you've either heard the stories outright or you've picked up on, you know, little jibes coming from the family here and there. So the first one happened um, and I remember it very clearly. It was my year six school play. Around that time. So it was at Christmas. It wasn't the Nativity. I think we were doing (coughs) Wizard of Oz or something. It was shit. And um, Who were you playing? What was your motivation? I was was mayor of Munchkin City. Excellent. Um, We welcome you most regally. But we have to verify it legally. (laughs) No, anyway, sorry. So... And there was this one kid at school who was always, like, really fun and whatever else. And it was at the time that Liberty X... Oh, my God. ...brought out, you know, the little bit more video. Oh, And the latex costumes. But they also all had walking sticks. Yeah, (laughs) canes that they were using as dance props. 
Oh, and like this kid at school was like teaching us all the dance and I was <laughs> living for it right I was absolutely living for it and then <clears throat> must have been the next day the day after when whenever but very soon after I was <laughs> I was at home watching MTV or whatever else music video channel and it came on and I danced along and I grabbed the nearest prop to me which was an empty wrapping paper roll <laughs> and I was using that as my sexy stick. I must have been 10 maybe 11 at a push my parents insist that they watched the entire thing <laughs> I thought I was alone I was giving it some beans okay <laughs> Giving it some absolute beans, sort of finished up. I Do you remember, remember any moves? Any moves? Oh. Definitely between the legs, like yeah. a towel. Yeah, yeah. like great. And then there's definitely <laughs> underarm stuff. Underarm like, stuff. They were like sort of doing some shoulder rolls. Whatever it was, my little ten-year-old two left feet <laughs> self was not doing a good version. Okay, but that instance <laughs> has followed me. For the last 20 years, if I ever bring up dancing in front of my parents, my dad, without <laughs> fail, will go, oh, yeah, we know you like to dance. Sexy. Everything about you. Or if I take the mick out of, if I even sort of say anybody else says anything embarrassing and sort of, you know, as you do, you josh each yeah. other around, you sort of jump on. If I pile on, if one of my parents isn't in the mood to put up with my shit, they will straight away, oh, yeah, yeah, remember that time? Sexy. To the point where if I ever hear the opening, I have to turn off the song because I just, I feel like a little sort of embarrassed 10-year-old that just, you know when you get so embarrassed, you physically try to make yourself smaller so that you almost just become unnoticeable. Like, if I don't move, they won't see me. At what point did you realise that they were watching? Did they spring out or did they just say later, oh, enjoy your dance? No, no, no. It was, I think it was, <laughs> I think what had happened was I'd got so into it, I'd zoned in. The music video. Oh yeah, we've right. all been there. I'd zoned in. The zone. <laughs> I'd zoned into the performance as given it of my life, and it kind of ended. And in sort of jubilation at how successful I was, <laughs> I sort of did the whole like sort of like shimmy around to see my parents sort of like watching me, but their faces, you know. The joy. The I joy. Would, it would be the best day of my life the if I saw someone. The joy of just knowing that this is an unending fountain of just <laughs> shit that we can pile oh. on for this, and they have not—they've not wavered once. They've not wavered once in their duty to bring it up, oh, to, no, to remind right. me of it. Which then makes the second one even worse. Because why wouldn't I learn? Why wouldn't okay. I learn? This was at the point... Oh, God, this one is just horrendous. I'm not... I'm actually not okay with it. I'm okay with the Liberty X one, but I'm not okay with the Sugar Babes one. So... Oh, no! <laughs> well, can I guess the song? Was it Push the Button? No, it wasn't oh. dancing, this one. This one was okay. singing. Oh, no. Yes. You, no, actually, no, because... Uh, Freud is actually quite a talented singer. Yes, so. I, I am... I'm not going to say... 
I was 12. It's still cringy. It's horrendous. Yeah. And what I did was horrendous. Okay. Oh. Because. <laughs> love me. Actually had just come out. Oh, to love yes. you. <laughs> but what I done? I was at that stage in life where I be- I believed I was talented, right? Oh. But I also was too sort of not shy, but also I've I'd embarrassed myself once so significantly by dancing around the living room for all to see that I also didn't feel confident or comfortable enough to get anybody to sort of check it for me do you know what I mean like I never tried to join in any school choirs or mark myself out as anything so I'd received my very first camera phone and what I'd done was fortunately I hadn't recorded myself you could not see me I'd recorded myself singing great whilst watching Too Lost in You probably on MTV again because I wanted to know if I was as great as I thought I was in my no, head. No, no judgment here, Freuda. I have definitely done all of the things that you're yeah. listing. I just never got caught. My so. dad found it within an hour. Within a oh, fucking hour. I don't know how. I don't know who tipped him off. I don't know what happened. He probably heard but, you recording it. But how like would he hear me before? recording it? You could hear me singing along. But it's not like a big fucking red light came outside my bedroom door saying, oh, yeah, like, yeah, leave us alone. How would he know I recorded it? But anyway, he discovered it within less than an hour. It was, my phone was taken. It was played out. It was like on the dining room table. My God, my family laughed so hard because it is just such a cringy thing to do. It's a cringy thing. And it's, cringy as well when you're a child and oh god so now if my parents aren't singing sexy at me they will inevitably (laughs) someone like i'll go oh that was embarrassing and they're like is it as embarrassing as and they do a voice like they don't just sing it they like emulate my twelve-year-old nasally oh. pathetic little voice. Lost in it's the nasal horrific no singing to oh. the point where I love Love Actually. I think it's a great film. I uh, know not everybody agrees, but okay. no, you can't watch it. I do sympathise. Um, I used to like. I'd get home. From the age of like ten, I'd get home probably a couple of hours before my mum because she was working, and. Good lord, the spectaculars I put on in my front room to songs that are totally inappropriate. And can you just imagine a, a 10, 11 year old trying so hard to be sexy? Do you remember Holly Valance, Kiss Kiss? Yes! Sorry, that Don't was way too exciting. Like so and, and in the video, the she's all naked and riding yeah. on the floor. She's doing little in, sort of Bollywood inspired <laughs> arm movements. And there's me in my school uniform, age 10, like, don't have to act like a star. <laughs> and I used to record myself and listen back to it. I was just a sad, lonely, know, lonely child. Like every cringy thing that I did was discovered. Okay. I mean, is that a good lead on? Because I can talk about the ultimate cringy moment of my... Yes, um, please. Of, of my childhood, which is infamous. Um 
which was so I was a a drama kid as you big were. surprise yeah uh, um, uh, I think well, later you were also a member sorry of the I actually group. just twigged what this story was did you just of see it would jump up then and just yes <laughs> I love this story it's the best fucking this story is, this is my yeah. most this is, most, this is my most overused story. It's because it's fucking great. It's so um, good. But so I, I've I've shown restraint in waiting until to we get like um episode six, I suppose. Um, I know. But this is my most infamous story, um, which is um, so in this particular production, I was uh, I remember that production was in two thousand because I found it on like a program which would have put me at nine, nine or ten. Yeah. Um. Uh, no, nine. Um, no, yeah, no, nine. Sorry, apologies. Um, You're not that much older than me. <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. Laying it on thick and leave. <laughs> your birthday, but pack it up, pack it in. Nah. Let me begin. Um, so it was a production of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yes, it uh, was. I was, like most of the young people, the very the very little ones, I was playing a Numpa Loompa. And all the older, more talented kids were playing the children or... Uh, the teenagers were playing like parents so here's me i'm an umpa and i mean the costume for the show was just just something to behold it was sort of semi-inspired by the orange umpalumpas of the film uh-huh. i had a green curly wig i had a sparkly waistcoat and a big purple skirt and a purple top hat and um i was standing in a queue to get my face painted orange like the this is pre Tim Burton era, I remember. Mm-hmm. So this was the iconic um Gene Wilder Willy Wonka inspired. And, Absolutely um, perfect. And I mean, in in future days I would describe myself as leaning on a fire alarm <laughs> or knocking a fire alarm, but let's be honest. You saw a button. I in in all honesty, because I remember it clear as day. It says push here, and the glass looks quite sturdy. It doesn't look pushable. <laughs> so in my head, I'm like, how lightly can I touch this thing and it won't work? And I touched it with the the softest, gentlest caress of my finger. <laughs> the glass smashed. Oh. And the building, which was a, a, a now defunct theatre in Southend. Oh, sad day lit up with um with the noise of of a fire alarm ringing i like went into <laughs> like <laughs> like into the void like i was just like Wah! i was i was what like a very well behaved but weird such kid such a well behaved kid my such mom a well- always would use you as like the standard why can't you be as nice as Chardon why can't you be as polite as Chardon why can't you be as tidy as Chardon why can't you be as grateful as Chardon inaccurate yeah but you'd come to our house and you'd be nice oh, course, as fucking yeah, of course I'd be polite to your mum and dad because that's how it went um I think my my own mum thought I was a terror, but she had nothing else to compare it to. Literally. Um, but anyway, I'm not I'm not a fire alarm pulling no. kind of kid. Okay. You are not. I so obviously everyone's going like rah, 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 rah. I burst into tears. Everyone immediately realizes what's happened, and I'm just like I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I think once people realize it's me, they know it's not an act of terrorism. So it's just like, <laughs> fucking hell. 
the dra- the teacher, the head of the company comes down and I'm like, I'm going to get told off. And she's just like, oh, no, don't worry. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Some of the older cast members. And you know when you're like nine or ten and of course you have a crush and all the 16-year-olds yeah, are in course. the cast. Um, they all came up and um, and they were just like fawning all over me, which I didn't have time to enjoy at the time. Because <laughs> you were just mortica- mortified. Just and, uh, ground swallowing you <laughs> There was this uh, bloke... Uh, who must have been, I don't know, somewhere between 15 and 17 at the time. Uh, his name was Mike. Hi, Mike, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> and he was playing Grandpa Joe. And he pulled me into this big cuddle and was like, don't worry, don't worry, it's just an accident. And I was just there, like, crying into this teenage boy's armpit, like, <laughs> like awful, awful. I'm I mean, it was certain I went to see this show with my primary school. You might have done. Yeah, I'm really certain I did. Did you come on the night? No, I did not come on the night. I'll tell you who did. Several school groups, several brownie and scout groups, and they all had to like line up in the street outside, like evacuating. It wasn't a massive theatre, but a a theatre that might have had up to sort of, you know, 300 or 500 people in it. It was a mare. And, um, (laughs) And I was just terrified. And then... Uh, this bloke approached me, this huge, hairy biker-looking guy, who I understood to be one of the technicians. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, what's going to happen? And then he came over and gave me a big hug. And and apparently something had been fucking up with the sound desk or whatever. The whole thing had gone dead and needed restarting. So this all, by the way, this all took place just before the curtain was about to go up. So if they'd have... If we'd, they'd have continued on time, the actors would have come on stage and all the sound and lighting cues would have been fucked. So the fire okay, alarm... Okay, so just before you finish your sentence, what, I'm, what I think you're about to say is that your act of vandalism <laughs> yeah. saved the fucking day. Is that I what mean, you're saying here? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bold. You're all welcome. You're all welcome. Oh, uh, but I mean, the pièce de résistance of this story is... Uh, is my mum, who is normally one of the backstage mums, like helping people brush their hair and shit. But that night she was watching the show. So she participated in all this fuckery thinking, oh my God, what's going on? And she went round to the stage door at the uh, interval and was like, come on then, what little fucker did it? (laughs) What little shit did it? Because there were lots of naughty kids in that cast. And the mums on the door were like, um, uh, it was, uh, it was yours. (laughs) It was Chardon. And they were like, no, no, come on, no. And they were like, yeah, it was Chardon. Uh, she pushed the button accidentally. Oh my God, I love that. I absolutely Hilarious. love and that. So, and, and then my mum's instinct was, oh, I want to see her. She must be really upset. And they were like, no, we've just calmed her down. <laughs> like She's just <laughs> finished freaking out. <laughs> if you go up there now, she'll just cry again. And she won't go on stage. But yeah, what was great about that story is it followed me for like my whole teenage years. Forever. Because, I mean, not only did I stay with that company for years and years and years. So whenever a new member started, I was like age 18. And they're like, oh my God, they don't know the fire alarm stories. It was one of those. (laughs) So we then went and would um, do performances at that same theatre years later. And some of the techies were still there. And they'd be looking at my face, like now age, like 15. And they'd be like... Are you that kid? <laughs> oh my god! Yes, Infamous. I am. 
absolutely fucking infamous. <laughs> Infamy. No, I do think being a kid adds a certain layer of just humiliation, but also guile like you just you're guileless aren't you when you're a kid you just you are fearless and you slowly learn shame thanks mum and dad um but also like you you make weird decisions i mean everyone makes bad decisions at times but there can be no connection between me just standing next to a fire alarm and then suddenly pushing the button (laughs) like the only time I would ever do anything that impulsive or stupid is if I was drunk. <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, that's but when you're a kid, you're now. just like, I'm going to discover this part of my brain. Boop. Like, no, I do. Um, I am really sad because we don't have too many cringy, cringy stories together. I have, I have one wee cringe story uh, that I was told by your dad. No, is it about me? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Your dad doesn't know secrets about me. <laughs> no, it's just it's just a little one that made me giggle. I remember because there is a place in Essex near where we grew up called Shoebury. Yes. Oh God, yes. And your dad told you that it's called Shoebury because people used to go there and bury their shoes. The Victorians, right? But what he did was he was very convincing. Okay? Yeah, I can, I can imagine that. Your because he quite, was like, he's very committed to a joke. Always. Yeah, and you'd be like, that doesn't make any sense. You'd be like, well, of course it does. You know, you've got Westcliff, the Westcliff, and then you've got South End, which is like the end of the... This end of Prisselwell, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. at the end. And then you've got South Church because it's south of the main church in, in the borough. And I was like, yeah, 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 that makes sense. He's like, and Shoebury, where is, they used to bury the shoes. And you'd be like, holy shit, that makes so much sense. There was he did that one and then also he did the one I mean he didn't really tell me this one but he did sort of out me on it because I where you live in a coastal area if you don't get told shit you just assume so where we are you've got us on one side of the estuary and then on the other side is Kent and when I was younger and I say younger I'm going to say probably till I was about 17 18 I used to believe (laughs) that when our tide was out it meant that their tide was in (laughs) and it just kind of like ping ponged in between, to be it? honest, I mean, I definitely didn't believe that, but I don't know what I did believe. I don't think I ever put any thought into it. Ever. No, so just, at least you were thinking about it. I just thought I, th- I think it must have been like a throwaway thing where it was like, oh yeah, well when our tide's not here, it's it's over in so Kent, there. so yeah. blah blah. And it was one of those where again you could just see the the glee, uninhibited joy on his face. Where it was like, yo, fucking what? <laughs> just then you just realise you're like. Oh no, I just said something really fucking stupid. It's like, uh, gather around, family, listen to what Freud has got to say. So yeah, he used to get me on all of that. And like their favourite thing to do, you'd have partaken Probably. at dinner times, was to give me a geography quiz. Yeah, I do remember those. Yeah, I'm still not any better than I was. I do think it makes it's important to sort of, just so that people are spatially aware. Myself and Chardon lived two roads away from each other. Her and her mother used to come to our house pretty much every Sunday for dinner. We'd hang out every Saturday, most Fridays. We'd make sure we got the Doctor Who in uh, when oh, we were yeah. teenagers. Oh, yeah. We were intertwined. <coughs> yeah, you were cooler than me. You went out more. <laughs> I, would wanna, I remember going to the Alex with you and being like, oh, I'm a grown-up. <laughs> People are drinking. No, that was good. We'd love to hear anybody else's sort of cringe stories and the pictures of the scrapbook are definitely going to be up on instagram the day that this comes out 
um so that you can all sort of peruse through i'm not gonna give you all the all the you know the content it will be yeah no because my publisher's embargoed that so uh... yeah we need to make sure that we're not infringing on anybody else's intellectual property um however what Chardon has created is a sight to behold and i really hope that you all will behold it imagine telling that crazy little girl that like oh uh one day you'll look back on all of this with huge amounts of shame (laughs) because because uh the author who you hold in such high regard is uh, a bigot and um, and will make you sad yeah but just saying that though it does make me remember the time that you and your mum house sat for us for two weeks i definitely spent a lot of time while i was house sitting for you making scrapbooks definitely but do you remember that ridiculously long like explanation note i left you oh my god yes so i stayed in freud's room room. my room it wasn't like i had a whole house that i was telling you how to use but it was just my bedroom but i must have seen my mum writing a note for your mum yeah, we were 14 at this time. Like, oh you definitely weren't like a baby. But yeah, because we stayed in uh, their house to look after their dog while they were on holiday in the Americas. And, in the Americas. Uh, <laughs> and you left me a note. But it was oh, like God. descriptive. I remember writing in about like how to turn on the television. Yeah. And feel free to use the DVDs. <laughs> 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 Thank you. I didn't get on with that actually because you had an attic room and I was already a tall child. Yeah, I was not <laughs> smashing tall. my. Head I was totally ceiling. fine. I do remember once saying to you, "So this might, this is just verbal vomit now." But I do remember once we were having a sleepover at my house, and because you remember it's when we had the separate beds. Yeah, you had one for your. Sister. Yeah, and then the one for my sister. Yeah, and I yeah. remember, <laughs> I remember you were so cutting. And it was like the beginning of Sash Chardon. And I remember laying there and being like, oh, when I lay down, I feel really thin. <laughs> right. Did I sass you? You were like, yeah, it's because all your fat's on the sides. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Assassin. That's fucking loved that. That has stayed <laughs> with me. How sad is that? I was so looking forward to staying in your house because you had like a good computer <laughs> <laughs> and like and like no cats. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like it was like a little holiday staying in your nice house. That's I think so that's sad. how we treated it. I think we were that sad. Uh, well, definitely, but like. Um, it was definitely like, okay, so Freud and the family are going to Disneyland and we're going to Freud's house. <laughs> Where we go every week. <laughs> I remember, oh my God, I remember you arriving home, all of you knackered, obviously, from the plane, and uh, your dog, do I have to come up with a, with a oh, I don't think your it, dog? The dog's long dead. I don't think anybody's going to remember Seamus, long live Seamus, he was an absolute legend. Oh, uh, like, name. launched himself at you and you're so happy to see him and you're doing a big cuddle, la la la. And then uh, a tick, either from outside or from the dog, got lodged in your, like, neck. <laughs> and your dad was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, there's a tick in your neck. And you're like, <laughs> And there was this mad panic while your dad either cut or squeezed this tick out of your neck. 
And like it was such a lovely triumphant reunion, and then it just turned into an absolute screaming match with me and my mum standing there like fucking like. <laughs> Welcome like, home. <laughs> like oh hello, and then the dogs just like rah, 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 and you're like get the dog off me! Oh my god! Oh my god! It's on my neck! <laughs> I was always so calm. <laughs> you were the epitome of poise. But well, I, just, I, was, it, I don't remember that at all. I don't know if it was that mentally scarring that I've just removed that from my brain. You've just been on like a lovely holiday and yeah. then you welcome home as with the dog tick. gave you a tick. Yeah. Oh my god. You came with us to pick up that dog. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. You named it. I, uh, no, I... Oh, did I? Yes, you did. No, we, we brought... He, he sat in between you and me in the back of the car as we drove home. <laughs> And, you called him and I Seamus. named him. Yeah. Mum was in the front of the car and she's like, right, girls, we've got to think of a name. Something Did it have Irish. to be an Irish? Oh, that's why my brain went to Seamus. Yeah. And you know why, don't you? Fucking Seamus Harry Potter. Finnegan. Yeah. <laughs> my brain went, what's an Irish boy's name? I only know one. I can't believe you can't remember but naming our bloody dog. I don't. I'm sorry. I love him. You came Seamus and picked him up with us, yeah? He was funny, though. He loved sniffing at the fan Always. Loved it. Always. Fucking hell, it'd be get your nose out, out of my food all the time. <laughs> and it was like it was. It was almost like a sort of timing game. Like you'd be sat at dinner, you'd know he'd go under the table. It's like everybody quickly shut their legs. <laughs> Because I don't want to find a wet nose. Because like what would happen is you'd like you'd let down your guard for a second, and you'd just be, be like right up there. <laughs> you're like. Oh, no! And then dad usually be in the awful bar set always be like, you're enjoying yourself? You're like, no, I'm not. It's a dog. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, no, I don't want a dog to kiss me on my fan wall. <laughs> Just a boy. Right. Anyway, let's, because this could go on forever if we don't wrap up. I digress. Thank you very much for listening to, sorry, I did a burp. Um, <laughs> 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 A consummate professional, dear listeners. No, fucking leave that in. Keep going. You are up to uh, company. Company. If you have a tragic story of your own, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, You can be a guest on the show or we could read out your story for you. Whatever you prefer. It's all anonymous. Uh, Don't deprive us and get in touch at miserypodcast at gmail.com. Our intro music is Zombie Funk by Steve Poloni. And if you perverts want to follow us, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at Misery Loves Cast. And please keep your eyes peeled for those amazing shots of Chardin's scrapbook. <laughs> Make sure you like them, share them. Uh, and if you, whilst you're there, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Please um, do, yeah. We've been Chardin and Freuder. Join us again in a fortnight. You bring the company and we'll bring the misery.